what we just long for. We long for hope, God. We long in our suffering and in our humility and God, even in our joy, we long for hope. Father, if um, if we're here tonight and we're hoping in the wrong things, Father, I just pray that you would bring us to our knees. I pray that if we're putting our hope in anything but Jesus, God, that you would bring us to our knees tonight. And that our focus would shift. Father, because we long for you to meet us where we are. God, we, we're here as we are. And I know my own heart. If I didn't have Jesus, my life would not be what it should be. It would be headed in the wrong direction, God. Father, however we are tonight, whatever is going on in anybody's life here tonight... This is what we celebrate. We celebrate our hope is in Jesus. So in the midst of our circumstance right now, we can be joyful, Father. I pray that your spirit would just speak truth to people's souls now. In these moments, God, that your truth would help us to fight against Satan's lies, that we would be set free as we celebrate Christmas. God, from our bondage, to believing Satan, what he feeds to us every single day. God, help us to stop believing that and believe what you say about us. That in Jesus, we are made new. In Jesus, there is no shame, there is no guilt. So Father, we stand before you free tonight in the name of Jesus. We love you and we desperately need you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you can have a seat. It's really good to see most of you. I'm just kidding. It's really good to see all of you. Um, and this is fun. Like, we can actually turn the lights off during worship because we don't have sun, the sun coming in. Some of you don't like that. I like it because um, I don't like people seeing me sing, even though I'm up on stage. But when I'm in your uh, position, I like just being free to worship and just uh, just sing out. And, and we have a song coming up later on where um, you all know it. Um, but I just want to encourage you uh, during our worship set after uh, this message. It's, it's really a worship set designed for all of you who can't sing, like whose, verses, whose voices are terrible. So if you think you have a terrible voice, uh, it's for you. But, uh, because hopefully um, you will just get lost in that worship and just be able to belt it out and not worry about uh, what the person next to you or in front of you is thinking uh, because you're singing right into their ear. So we just want to be free to worship tonight um, because of Jesus. And so um, here at Creekside, we have been focusing this season on the fact that God's power is seen through the unlikely, that God wants to use broken people. Really, it's his only option. Like every single person on the face of this earth is broken. The thing is that we have to come to the point where we realize and we understand and we admit our brokenness. 
Because I'm sure that there may even be some people here tonight that you're broken. You just haven't come to the point where you've admitted your brokenness, where you've admitted that you can't save yourself, that you can't make your life better, that you can't create circumstances in your life to create happiness, right? Christmas is about so much more than just happiness. It's really easy. It's really easy to get lost in the secondary things of Christmas, right? We lose sight of Jesus. That's why it's so important to preach the gospel to ourselves every single day. To remind ourselves of what the Bible says about people who are in Jesus is the old has gone. Right? I just said in my prayer that if I did not have Jesus, sometimes I seriously, I sit down and I think about what would my life be if I didn't have Jesus. Even I do have Jesus and I still struggle. Right? I've said this before, but I'm not a sinner. I am not a sinner. If you are in Jesus, you are not a sinner. You are a saint who still sins. And when you sin, Jesus is there to pick you up. That's called grace. He's there to say, I died for that. I died for that. I died for that. Now stop doing it because it's destructive and walk on, right? Walk on so we don't have to sit in our guilt and our shame. But we have to remind ourselves of that every single day. If you're like me, I easily forget on a daily basis, especially at Christmas time, there's a lot of things I enjoy at Christmas time, right? A lot of those things that I enjoy are not things that have to do with church, right? They're not things that have to do with Jesus. Forget they have to do with church. They don't have to do with Jesus, right? And so I can get so distracted unless I remind myself of the gospel daily. Here's what happens. Satan lies to me on a daily basis about who I am, and then I start believing it because I'm not filling my mind with what God has said to me over and over and over again through the truth of the gospel. I'm just not doing it. And so I, I am way more susceptible to believing Satan's lies on a daily basis. So at Christmas time, we focus on Jesus' birth and it gives us hope in a hopeless world. But really, at Christmas time, we should be focusing on why Jesus came. Because here's the deal. If Jesus did not live his life, if he didn't grow up sinless and then eventually die for us, this means nothing. I want you to get that today. Our, all of our celebration at Christmas time, uh, time of Jesus being born means absolutely nothing unless he grew up to die for us, right? Because otherwise, it's just another baby that was born. Even if he is God, if he doesn't eventually die for us, it means nothing. And so our focus needs to be not on false hope, but on hope. The fact that Jesus came into a hopeless world, and he eventually died for us, giving us our salvation. So as we sit here right now, in these moments, you need to make Christmas personal for you. Right? That's what I want you to do tonight. As you sit here and you listen to this and we sing after we're done and we remember Jesus and we take communion, all of that, these are things that you do when you come to church. I want you to be able to, in these moments, your current reality, understand 
what Christmas means. As we look forward to tomorrow and family times and presents and coffee on the couch, because that's the best part of Christmas, coffee on the couch, and I don't have to focus on anything except what's in my home, right? But the truth is that there are plenty of people that we run into, that we may even run into tomorrow, maybe in this room tonight, that do not have these simple things to be looking forward to, right? But we know that happiness only has to do with your circumstance, and joy has to do with who you have been made in Jesus. Therefore, we can be joyful beyond our circumstance. So I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 is going to be on the screen as well. There could be, if you don't have a Bible, you can use your phone, you can get a Bible from a seat near you, um, in front of you under the seat. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1, third book in the New Testament. Okay, we're just going to read a few verses. This comes from uh, a section that we, we read when the angel Gabriel came and told Mary what was going to happen, that she was going to have a baby boy. Verse 31 is where we're going to start. Luke chapter 1, verse 31, it says this. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Let me read that one more time. Okay, in verse 32. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Like, I've read that so many times. It should shake the very core of who I am because I know as I stand here tonight, that is the king that I serve. That should shake me. That should change me every time I realize it, right? Especially as we gather as the church, like people, do we get this? In the name of Jesus, we are an army, right? I mean, this is like a war cry, I think. Like, this is proclaiming to Jesus' mother who is about to give birth to him, right? And she's about to experience the disgusting part of having a baby, right? The frustrating parts of having a baby. Guess what? Just because Mary was the mother of Jesus, the Son of God, does not mean she did not get angry when he couldn't sleep, all right? It, didn't mean, it doesn't mean that she didn't get frustrated when the baby just did baby things, right? This was a normal human baby, but God at the same time. Knowing this and reading this should rock me at my core. That this is the God, this is the king that I serve. Really, this is a promise that gives hope in the midst of felt hopelessness from that point on in human history. Because no matter what happens, Jesus will sit on the eternal throne, and in that we can put our trust, our hope, and our dependence, right? Anything that is earthly, that is not of the kingdom of God, will eventually fail. No political system is going to give us lasting hope, right? 
but some people have put way too much hope in a political system. Some people have put way too much hope in human heroes. But I can tell you this, no government, no country, no spouse, no kid, nothing that is earthly will give lasting hope. It's all eventually going to fail. Let's look at that a little deeper. I want you to just look at the screen. I'm going to go to 2 Samuel chapter 7 and read a few verses, starting in verse 12. This is the prophet Nathan speaking to David um, about his future, the future kingdom in the line of David. Verse 12. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men, with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. And your house and your kingdom, this is when it changes to the forever kingdom that Jesus will reign over. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever right? And, and you look back, and it's talking about the fact that the throne of David will reign forever. Jesus will reign on the throne of his father David forever. The fact is that not throughout human history, there was, there's not always been someone from the lineage of David on the throne in Israel, right? But beyond human institutions, The kingdom of God will last forever. That's the point. I really think that that is the point of Christmas, right? We've been focusing on the fact that Jesus came from small things, from humble things, that God's power is seen through the unlikely. But in the humility of Jesus' birth, it goes so much further beyond that, beyond his death, right? to his resurrection, to the fact that right now, as we speak, he is seated at the right hand of his Father's throne in heaven. That Jesus became king of the universe, right? So here's what we need to do in making it personal, is we need to get our eyes and our focus off of anything that we are trusting in that is earthly. Any kingdom that we are trusting in that is earthly, anything that we are putting our hope in that is earthly, we need to keep our eyes on the eternal throne. And this begins to answer the question of how and why we can have hope regardless of our earthly circumstances. We're going to go over to Daniel chapter 2. And I thought about how to, uh, to, to kind of share this part with you and paraphrase it or whatever, but I think I'm just going to read it. This is, this is a, a dream that Daniel interprets for King Nebuchadnezzar, okay? And as I read through this, I just want you to, to read it with me on the screen um, and, uh, and focus on the fact that all human kingdoms will fail, okay? Daniel says to the king, You saw, O king, and behold, a great image. This image, mighty and of exceeding brightness, stood before you, and its appearance was frightening. The head of this image was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, 
its middle and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand, and it struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them to pieces. Then the iron and the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold all together were broken in pieces and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, and the might, and the glory, and into whose hand he has given whether, wherever they dwell, the children of man, the beasts of the field and the birds of the heavens, making you rule over them all. You are the head of gold. Another kingdom inferior to you shall, shall arise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And there shall be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes, it shall break and crush all things. And as you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it shall be a divided kingdom. But some of the firmness of iron shall be in it, just as you saw iron mixed with the soft clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. As you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix with, another, with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of these things, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all of these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever, just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain, and its interpretation, sure. Here's the deal. No earthly king will ever stand. Jesus Jesus' kingdom is the only kingdom that stands. So tonight, this is what we celebrate at Christmas. Because I know, I know myself. I know that I have had times in my life where I have put my hope in things that I think will make my life better, that I think will fix my problems, that I think will take me out of whatever pit I am in, right? But none of these things will last. Everything will be broken into pieces. The only thing that lasts is the kingdom of heaven. So we have to ask ourselves, choose today which kingdom I will serve. You remember that message? We have to choose today which kingdom we will serve. What are you chasing? What are you putting your hope in other than Jesus? So it's Christmas time. And we have a lot of things, especially starting tonight after this for us, for my family. All the Christmas traditions start like right at 601, right? 
And so it's opportunity for me to just immediately get lost in these things. I love these things. Christmas is my favorite holiday, right? But if I put my hope in any of these earthly things, I will only, I will, I will only experience loss. 1 Corinthians talks about this moment when we will stand before Jesus face to face, right? And everything that we put our hope in while we were on earth, everything that we did while on earth is going to be laid bare before him. But in that moment, if you're in Jesus, it will not be about your sin because your sin will be burned up as, as like fire. It'll be burned up. It'll be gone. Why? Because you're changed. You're in Christ. Your sin is gone. It is removed from you as far as the east is from the west. Right? But Jesus is going to look at the things that you did in his name. Were they worth it for eternity? Or, were, or did you put time and effort into earthly things? Did you try to accumulate earthly things rather than heavenly things? Right? The things that we do that were for the kingdom of God will last into eternity. Everything else will be burned up before our eyes. What that means is everything that I put my mind to, everything that I put my energy to, everything that I put my hope and trust in that is not eternal, that is not in the kingdom of God, I will suffer loss. Yeah, I'll make it into heaven because I'm in Jesus, right? But I will suffer loss for all those things. I can promise you this, right? Some of you tonight are happy. Some of you tonight feel happy because it's Christmas time. Some of you tonight don't feel happy because of whatever is going on in your life, right? That's because happiness is circumstantial. The only way, the only way to experience undying, never-ending joy, no matter what your circumstances are, is to humble yourself before God and say, I'm going to stop putting my hope in anything that is earthly, right? Like, Jesus, I need you. That is all I need. Like, do I really believe that his grace is sufficient for me? So make that personal. Ask yourself. Think about your life. Ask yourself right now, do I really believe that his grace is sufficient for me? And as you are here in these moments, is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough? Um, I uh, heard my kid, one of my kids, say something uh, about heaven, and it sparked a, a memory in me of something that somebody told me one time. They asked me this one thing. They said, hey, if you um, could go to, to heaven but Jesus wouldn't be there, would you still want to go? And when I was asked that question, my, my thought of heaven was still like that we would be up there and be, we would be singing forever. And I thought, oh, that's <laughs> okay, honestly, it's kind of boring right? We're going to sing forever? That's what we're going to do in heaven? Sing forever. I, that doesn't sound appealing, right? But the truth of the matter is that we will be in the very presence of our Savior, right? And yes, the answer to that question is I'd rather be in heaven than hell. No brainer, right? But is going to heaven, is my life more about God giving me his good stuff or am I really about Jesus? 
Am I concerned about the stuff that I can accumulate on earth and having a happy life? Or is my life really about serving Jesus? And so that's what Christmas is all about this year. And so the band's going to come back up and we're going to worship together. But here's what I want you to remember. When Jesus was on earth, all of his people, the Jewish people, while he was on earth, they tried to make him king by force at times. They wanted him to be an earthly king that would save them from Roman oppression, right? But that was not why Jesus came to earth. It's real that someday he's coming again. And Heather and I pray this all the time, especially when life gets really hard. It's like, Jesus, I just want you to come back, right? And I certainly want... Jesus to come back before our kids go off to college. I don't want to have to deal with all the emotions of that and all this stuff. You start thinking about that. But really, like I really want Jesus to come back. I love my life on earth. But in my core, I know that nothing, nothing outweighs being in the presence of my Savior. Right? So Jesus' mission on earth the first time was to live a perfect life and give his life so that we could know the only way to be in heaven with him for eternity. So for Christmas this year, my prayer is that our focus would shift from just thinking about the fact that Jesus was born, right? And, and the stories that you'll read with your families about Jesus being born, that our focus shifts just from his birth to understand that we're really celebrating our salvation and we can be thankful for that. Amen? Amen. We can be thankful for that. Amen? Amen. So we're going to pray together, and then we're going to worship. And, and if, you, if you normally come to Creekside, we come up to the tables um, during this worship time. But today you're just going to stay seated, and it'll be passed to you. And I really want you to get personal with God in these moments. This is what we are remembering. We are remembering Jesus, our Savior, at Christmas time. That he gave his body to be broken. That his blood covers our sins. That his blood washes away our sins. And that we could be made new. So let's pray together. God, we love you. And we need you. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you that Jesus was obedient to come down and to be born in such a humble way. That in his humility, God, it wasn't that Jesus was born as an earthly king should be born. He was born as a heavenly king. But Father, we do look forward to the day that he will come again and reign as king on earth. God, I pray for every heart in this room as we remember what Jesus did for us. That we'll be serious about what our life is this season. God, are we about earthly things or are we about the kingdom of God? We want to be joyful in all circumstances because of what Jesus did for us. Father, we need you.
want to read this verse one more time. Just let this affect you. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Jesus is my king. If he's your king, say that out loud. Jesus is my king. Say it again. Jesus is my king. In the Bible it says that he is the light and the light shines into the darkness and the darkness has not overcome the light. So if you have one of those lights that you picked up in the back, go ahead and light it right now. If you don't, you could take out your cell phone. I know that's kind of dorky, but I want us to see what it looks like for light to pierce the darkness, right? Because when life pierces the darkness, everything that was in darkness before becomes visible and our way becomes straight, right? The kingdom of God and Jesus is who we serve. And Jesus says he is the light of the world. Not only is he the light of the world, but we become the light of the world because he has made us new. So as we remember Jesus and as we think about Christmas this year, let's think about that. That when we leave these doors tonight, we are the light of the world. We have a gospel that changes lives forever. So let's sing this song together with all that we are. Because on that silent night, a king forever was born.